You're listening to another episode of the Four Quadrant Podcast, and it is my joy today to be with Oscar-nominated composer Emil Moseri. Emil, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. Um, first of all, thank you so much for joining us from uh, Israel. It is very late there, or later, so I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, so first of all, the most obvious question, you, you are now an Oscar nominee. I cannot imagine you thought this when you uh, agreed to do the music to Minari. What was your reaction yeah. the morning of uh, Oscar nominations? Oh, wow, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't expect that when we were making Minari, you never know. You know working on Minari, we were, I was always so thrilled to be working on it. And, um, I, we knew it was something special, but you never can expect it's going to connect like this or, you know, do what it's doing. Um, and that, that morning I'd woken up, we, my wife and I woke up early, like, you know, they, they announced it at like five thirty in the morning. I woke up at like four forty-five. and I didn't have the, 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 um, the stomach to watch them like slowly announce everything, <laughs> you know, like, and the nominees for best original, you know, that, I, so I was like, I'll just t t turn on my computer at like 6 a.m. and see, because they will have gotten to everything by then. Um, but I, I, I made it to like 5.45 and I just looked on online and, and read read down all the names. I got to I see Steven and YJ and everybody nominated and then scroll down to the composer category. I was pretty blown away and in shock. And it was, it was a really joyous and exciting morning. And then we just, uh, my wife and I just went for a uh, walk. We turned off our phones and and then just got on the phone with Christina and Isaac and everybody. And it was a, it's fun when you work on something like this with, because we finished, I finished working on the movie or I started working on the movie almost two years ago now. So, you know, it's been a long time, you know, before that, just sitting on this now that it's out there, you know, in the world it's really fun to celebrate with the, the other people that worked on it. Cause there's a real family around this movie, you know? So uh, for those who are listening, who have not seen Minar yet, it's directed by Lee Isaac Chung. Uh, it centers on a uh, first generation, um, actually he's a Korean immigrant, North, South Korean immigrant played by uh, Stephen Young, who brings his family first to California and then they go to Arkansas where um, he has dreams of creating his own farm filled with uh, Korean produce. And it's based on the real life uh, events in, in Lee's life. And uh, it, it was one of the last things that he thought about making as a film before he almost transitioned to be a professor and sort of stopped directing. So mm -hmm. um, we're very lucky that this amazing critically acclaimed film that has uh, six Oscar nominations as well, including this picture, um, is in our lives because it means more movies from Lee, which we might not have had. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, it's an inspiring story. But the, I guess the question is, how did you meet Lee? How did you get introduced to him? And, and what about the project made you want to jump on board? Sure, yeah. Um, he goes by Isaac. And that's why when I say Isaac, just so you know. Yeah. Um, but it is Lee Isaac Chung. Um, so yeah, I met Isaac uh, through my friend Christina O, oh, who produced Minari. And uh, she also produced a movie that I had scored called The Last Black Man in San Francisco a few years earlier. And uh, she had sent me, she came to my studio and told me that she had a project she wanted to talk to me about. 
and she'd, she'd sent me this script and she'd sent Isaac my, some of my music. And then I, she brought Isaac and Steven to the uh, uh, LA premiere of The Last Black Man in San Francisco at the Vista Theater and introduced us after the, the, the movie showed, which was, which was fun because I felt like, oh, it was like they got, they, they got to see some of my work and I was nervous to meet Isaac a little bit because uh, I, I loved his first film. Christina sent me his first one, Marion Gabo. And I'd fallen in love with his script and he's sort of, he's the sweetest guy in the world. Um, but I just met him right after I, he'd watched my film and it was sort of a kind of chaotic moment. And Christina kind of set us up a little bit. Like she'd sent him the music, <laughs> he sent me the script. It was kind of like getting set up on a date or something. And then we discovered we live in the same neighborhood at the time we lived, uh, he, he, you know, in the same neighborhood in LA. So we met up a couple of days later and we, we had lunch and talked about his film and talked about music and talked about everything, you know, uh, that he wanted to do, you know, the story he wanted to tell and basically how he, how he conceived of this story. And uh, he told me that he'd basically written down 80 snapshot memories of his childhood. That was how he started to write the script. And then he pieced together the script. So it felt very, very like natural, you know, um, to work with Plan B and A24. Again, I don't work with them on a few projects and Harry Yoon, who'd edited the film, was also an additional editor on Last Black Man. So there was, a, there was already kind of a family mm. around this film um, from the beginning. Um, and it just grew from there. So I, I do want to take a quick tangent then, since you brought it up on uh, Last Man in San Francisco, which is one of my favorite films that year. And uh, because oh, wow. I was looking at your, your Spotify, and um, I was sort of stunned to see this that the track San Francisco has mm -hmm. 2.1 million streams on, oh, cool. on Spotify. I don't even know if you, or you must know this or know that it's popular, but like that was a small little movie. And how does it feel to know that like the music you made for this movie that, you know, it was a nice little art house sort of hit, but like 2.0 million streams for like, yeah, it, surprising. It's cool. It's cool to see that. I mean, that song in particular, I can't take, credit for i think you know because i didn't write it it's, it's the that song that has that the the flowers in your hair that's uh, you know scott mckenzie song that mike marshall sang and and joe and i did the arrangement for uh using um, oh okay using the the tuba you know so like you know he's singing this incredible song i mean we couldn't really lose it was like you get a vocal stem like that he, he sings it in the film mike marshall this incredible vocalist and you got this incredible song and incredible vocalist and you really you just you just you can't fuck it up you know you just like your job is to just not get in the way you know just let it let it sing you know um but yeah it was very cool to see that 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 score and that film um got received the way that it did is a really really special film and joe the director is brilliant and, and Jimmy's story is incredible. He's brilliant in the film. Yeah, it's exciting to see that, that, that people are connecting with that still and people are listening to that album and that music. That's, that's like a, a real joy.
I still hope you're getting, you know, those, what, whatever it is, the 0. 0.005 pennies or whatever it is. For yeah, yeah, the point, there's more zeros than that. I think it's like more point. zeros than that. Yeah, um, yeah just, put, just put your, lay your finger on the keyboard on the zero for a while. <laughs> a couple seconds. When you get that check for $1.25 and your um, Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, it's great that, that people, yeah, that people listen to it. It's awesome. Yeah, it makes my day. Uh, so let's go back to Minari, obviously. Uh, so you meet, you meet Isaac and, mm-hmm. and he tells you about the film, you start working on it. Where did the inspiration come for the, the melodies and, uh, the sort of main theme and, and even just the instruments and the music and, and how you sort of came about with the score? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I met him in the summer and, and they were getting ready to shoot. Uh, they hadn't shot the film yet. And I had read an early version of the script and I'd always wanted to write music before the shooting process began, which before they, I wanted to, <laughs> to have the music baked into the film in a really um, tangible way. So before, you know, it takes time for like, I wasn't even officially hired as the composer. Uh, you know, we just sort of hit it off and we talked about working together on it, but they hadn't figured out the, the business side or the contracts and things. But I, I wanted to get him have, get him music, so he had music in his hands before they shot the film. So I wrote a bunch of music while I was inspired, and I wrote a bunch of melodies and made these sketches that I sent to him um, a week before they started shooting, so he was, could drive around Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they shot the film, listening to the music and sort of absorbing it and getting in his. And you know, I was lucky that it resonated with him the way that he did because most of the score that you hear in the film was written or those initial themes that I, I wrote, like I, 75, 80% of it um, I'd written before they started shooting. And then of course I had to conform and update and stretch things out and record the orchestra and write additional music, et cetera. But it was important for me that he had that stuff on hand. And also that Harry Yoon who edited the film, who I'd worked with before in Last Black Man had this music in the editing process as well. He would extend things to fit my music. Um, he would extend sh- scenes and Isaac would shoot scenes or shoot additional things, external things outside of the mobile home where most of the film takes place to fit my music, you know, which was a dream for me because I'm used to, you know, being tasked with writing a 37, 37 second piece of music or, uh, you know, yeah. a 12 second piece of music, you know, like so to, to have room for the music to have this, leg room in this, this space to breathe was a first for me and a, and a dream, you know? So, um, yeah, that's sort of how it started. And then from there, we kind of dialed in the, the, the sonics of it, you know? And actually that must've been a huge help to them because, uh, the movie they shot in July and then it premiered at Sundance, which was only, you know, six months later. Uh, yeah, and I, and I read that uh, Harry and the other editors must have been, where they have said that they were editing while they were shooting because they were in such a rush to try to make Sundance. Yeah, H- Harry was on the ground. Like, Harry was in Frogtown in L.A. And I, I went down to the set with to for a little while to watch them shoot and to hang with Christina and Isaac and sort of a, get more absorbed in the spirit of the thing, you know. But Harry was always, he didn't have time to go down and set. He was, like, on the... He was like, you know, holding down the fort in L.A. 
getting the dailies, assembling things in real time as they were coming in. So he would, I would get sent dailies every day, but he would also piece together certain segments, certain scenes and send, and send them to me as we went using my music. And it was very much like, just like passing the ball back and forth creatively, you know, like they would, the music would inspire certain things and then they would send me this amazing, these amazing performances and these, these segments of the film that were just that further inspired me to want to write more music and better music. And just, it just kept on going like that back and forth until, until January, essentially. It's always a crazy mad dash for Sundance to try to get everything done. I think we mixed, we were up at Skywalker mixing the film in December. Yeah. It's always, it's always like, always a, yeah. To the last, it's uh, it's called a wet print, except there's no longer prints. It's all digital. Um, exactly. But I, I was gonna I was gonna ask about that. So before they started filming, had you done temp track? Had you done what you considered temp tracks, and then you went back and and did quote unquote finish tracks after? It was kind of a mix. It's uh, you know I I would call them sketches, even though I put a lot of care into them. It's like the kind of a psychological move that you do, where like you're like, oh, this is just a sketch. <laughs> um so that so that if they love it they think oh great i love it and if they don't like it they think oh it's just a sketch it's gonna get much better you know so like i strategically call them sketches when i send them to isaac but some of them i had to some of them i i tried to re-record later on but i couldn't get the same emotional hmm. feeling of, of of that i had the day i wrote it so so like a lot of the a lot of the piano performances and the vocal performances the stuff that i played in song when i wrote the music that you that you hear in the film was the actual recording of the day that I wrote it, you know, um, and then we recorded the orchestra on top of it, recorded additional pieces of music. Mm. I conformed it. I did revisions, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't. But a lot of it is is like, you know, there's always this thing when you're recording music, you know, this thing, the demoitis you call it, where you get you fall in love with the demo, and sometimes it's just because you're used to it. And sometimes it's because, no, it's actually the shortest distance between the creative inspiration, the seed of when you wrote something and it being captured, you know? That's why it's hard when you're in a band or something and you're singing into an expensive microphone in a studio to like produce the same emotional quality that you had two years ago when you wrote the song or whatever, however long it was. Like, so the shortest, distance, the shortest distance between the conception of an idea and the recording of that idea sometimes the more pure the recording, you know, from an emotional standpoint, you know? So it was a mix, you know, I, I it was, it was tricky to na navigate that later on because it was like, well, now we have more time. I could try to beat it, but then, and I did, I always try to beat it, but sometimes you need to re-record re things to, to learn that the first one was the, was the one, you know? So before the songs, which I definitely want to talk about, but the, the main orchestrations, Mostly it's piano, strings, guitar, uh, and then some choral. And then uh, sometimes there's percussion. And then mm. there's some other instruments that I'm not, uh, I'm not sure what it is. Um, sure. It, in the outro, there's something that sounds like a, I don't know if it's a harpsichord or like some sort of. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that, the, in the outro, that's piano. The, the sort of like, sort of, uh, I don't want to sing it, but like. No, no, uh, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, there's like the, there's me playing the piano, kind of like a tack piano that's sort of just like a, 
feels sort of percussive, but it's like a, like these, these sort of primal piano flourishes. Um, so that's a piano, but there's also in the score and in that track and other scores, there's a, I, I, there's a Korg monopoly like uh, synthesizer from the eighties. that sounds a little bit like a theremin. Yes. Has, like, a, little, a theremin. You got the word. Yeah. I, I remember what it was. Yeah. So that, that sound, um, that sound, I always doubled it with a, with a flute um, or another woodwind because I didn't want, it was sort of like a light nod to the eighties because the, the film takes place in the eighties. Um, but I didn't want a synthetic score. I didn't want anything to sort of announce itself as like 80s synth, you know? Yeah. So I, I married this sort of electronic synthetic, synthetic alien sound, this theremin sound, with a, a more organic, breathy human sound of the flute. So you never hear them really independent of each other. They're kind of a married sound. The flute and the, and the synth got married early on and it stayed together through the course of the, the making of the score. Let's take a listen to a little bit of the outro from the Minari score. these things in the experimentation process where you're like oh like what is this film going to sound like what is it you know it's you never really know until you kind of get in there and try stuff out and see what's what's working you know um but i think that element was effective because there's something dreamlike about it and and this film is a is a love letter to for, that isaac wrote to his childhood to childhood memory in, in general yeah and childhood memory and dreams are very connected they're all like it's 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 a very biased um representation of 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 what happened it's very emotionally loaded you know your childhood memories there's nothing more emotionally loaded and and poignant than that you know so it's you're not supposed to watch this movie and think oh this is exactly how everything happened you're supposed to experience it as an as a dream or an emotional recollection of of his, this 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 man's childhood his memory of his childhood and his life as a boy so the music could help kind of frame the movie that way you know and things like the theremin and the voice you know help help in that space that so the song also has uh, two amazing songs, uh, the rain song and the wind song. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, maybe, I don't know if both are, or maybe it's just the rain song. It's sung by, uh, I'm gonna butcher her name, 
uh, Han, Han, Yu, Han Yu, Yeti. Yeti. Han oh, Yeti. Yeti. Oh, yeah, Han yeah. Yeti, uh, who plays Monica yeah. in the film. Yeah, right. She sings both. That, okay. Yeah. How did that even yeah. come about? Because I was looking at her background and I didn't even know if she was a, a singer or at all. Like, yeah, that, that was really special how that came, came together. Um, I had written a song in English and uh, the rain song. Um, it was right before we went up to Skywalker to mix the movie. And we were, I was struggling to find the perfect thing for the end credits crawl, you know? And I had the idea of doing a song. I wrote the song uh, with the melody that, that opens the film, this other cue called Big Country. Cause I wanted to bookend the film with the same melody, but have it reimagined as a song at the end of the film. Um, so I sang it in English and sent it to Isaac. And we were thinking about people who could sing it in, 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 in Korean. And he said, oh, Yeti has a beautiful voice, actually. And he sent me some videos of her singing, some like deep, in the deep YouTube videos that he'd, he'd found and, and sent. And uh, I fell in love with her voice. And uh, it was so perfect to have it also to come from her it was so meaningful because the song then became kind of a lullaby from the mother to the son, you know? Um, and uh, she sent over these tracks from, I, 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 uh, Stephanie Hong, a brilliant lyricist, uh, translated my song into Korean and in so wrote an entirely new poem, you know, um, in Korean that, and she communicated, you know, she facilitated the, the collaboration between Yeti and I. And she would send these recordings that she sent in, she sung in her iPhone and sent us from Korea. And then I put it in the song and, and then recorded the orchestra. And um, it all kind of came together very, very last minute. And I remember even at, at being up at Skywalker, we were like um, placing the, like speeding up the, 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 the speed of the, of the end credit crawl. So at time with the song and like getting it all like, it was sort of like really down to the wire, but you know, there's something really electric and exciting about that. There's like one of the, my more, more joyous memories of this whole experience was being up there and Skywalker with, with Harry and Isaac and, and just getting the song just in time and, and putting it in the end credits and just like <laughs> figuring out, figuring out what, whose name was going to come where and how it was going to all line up. It was like, uh, it was a dream. This dream doesn't even feel real, you know? Let's take a listen to Rain Song. Thank you. 
Well, it's beautiful. It's also the most, one of the most popular uh, tracks already from the, the song, from the album that you guys released on Spotify. Were oh, you cool. expecting that or you, were you surprised? I, I think, I think anytime you have a song, I try to incorporate a song in every, in all the scores, you know, you know, for another film I did um, for Miranda July, mm -hmm. uh, we got one of our favorite singers, Angel Olsen to, to do a song, I, I, I did a song with Angel that was, you know, part of the, that was featured in the film, this Bobby Vinton song. And for Lost Black Man, we had Mike Marshall sing this song that we talked about earlier. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, and they're always the more, most popular songs on the records because people love songs and people love the human voice. It's the most immediate path into the soul, you know, you're literally breathing life into it, you know? So, um, having a song in the film and on the record is is always something that i i try to push for in a way that makes sense you know you don't want to force it but so far they've come together very naturally and this this was the same way you know with there was there was some kismet there just the fact that yeti who's this brilliant actress uh, has this incredible instrument as well as, as a singer and she's also first and foremost a dancer. She's an incredible dancer, um, like out of this world, off the charts dancer. And that's what she was first. You know, she's sort of this triple threat, just incredible talent. And 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 her performance in the film too is um, is is incredible. You know, I feel like she really is, and is not only the glue in that her character is the glue of that family. Yeah but her performance kind of she's the glue of the, of the of the film in a really profound way i think you know um so it was she's cool that sorry i was gonna say she's often actually the audience like she, she is yeah she brings it in. everything is what the audience is sort of thinking like exactly what's going on? Yeah. that's that's, a, that's well put yeah she is us in that we see this family through her eyes and through her experience you know and it's not an easy thing to do you know um so yeah i was really excited to work with her you know it's it's cool to cross mediums like that you know that's one of the the cool things about film music is that you can it opens up things you get to, your world opens up you get to work with artists that you visual artists other kinds of artists in ways that that that, that uh that the that the film facilitates in ways that you wouldn't necessarily be able to in just making records you know well i have to say um uh i'm still getting over the fact that you recorded it on iphone like i'm still trying to like understand like how that you guys pulled that off because it you would never know it from from how it sounds but oh, cool. um I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, like is, is, I like it yeah it is, it's it's yeah it's 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 forgiving in a way too i i, I like it for recording piano because it's it compresses things in a certain way i don't only use it but sometimes it, it can utilize it in different ways you know that's cool i i'm i'm, yeah. I'm stunned in the best way possible um, i should get but, apple to pay, pay me a little bit for saying for saying it they should put you in a commercial and then pay yeah you yeah. Um, yeah but uh speaking of getting paid and other stuff like that you, you mentioned the fact that you did miranda july's um uh Kajillionaire, and you've done Last Man in San Francisco, and now Minari, and uh, an Oscar nomination, and a lot of attention. Um, 
I'm sure you've gotten this question and, and maybe it's uh, sort of ignorant to ask, but have you had filmmakers that you never thought in a million years would reach out to you saying, hey, are you available? I want to talk. I want to talk about collaborating. Or is that sort of um, just a stupid, uh, uh, not stupid, but like ignorant uh, journalist assuming that, you know, people are just knocking on doors. No, it's, 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 it's not, it's not ignorant at all. It's, 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 um, I mean, the biggest example of that was working with Miranda, um, you know, just because being such a fan of hers for, for so long and, you know, working with her was just a dream, you know? Um, but, you know, I'm excited to see what the future holds. You know, it's, it's exciting this kind of, you know, I think the work, you know, being out there in time will hopefully generate more opportunities. You know, I have, I'm excited to work on other projects with the directors that I've worked with already. And I'm excited to find the new, you know, the next Miranda's and Isaac's and Joe, you know, like whoever, you know, um, but it's hard. These things kind of happen in time. And I'm, I'm also balancing. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a few projects that aren't film related as well, making my own record and making a record with another artist that I love. And, um, and then films and other things. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see how it, this is going to all unfold. And I'm excited to work with, with people like that I've, if I get to work with people that I've been a fan of for a long time, that's amazing. If I get to work with somebody that I've recently become a huge fan of, somebody like Isaac, you know, or Joe, um, that's also amazing, you know? So it's, it's all kind of wide open. I'm excited to see what happens. And I'm just grateful to have been able to, to work with such amazing directors thus far. And also on, on, on films that, like all three of those films are deeply personal and deeply pure, like works. Um, and there, it's very rare that you get those. So I, it's not lost on me that, that I'm uh, lucky to have gotten my hands on these three films in a row that, that are that pure, you know, and vulnerable. And, Absolutely. Um, well, at the end of every podcast, we, uh, first of all, by the way, congratulations on all this and best of luck with the Oscars and all, and all that. Thanks and so I, much. I, Thank you. I, I hope you have fun at Union Station, which is literally, hey, you'll be able to say you were at the most un, uh, um, the most memorable Oscar uh, telecast location in history. Amazing. Uh, amazing. But uh, I did want to, you know, at the end of every podcast, we ask four quick questions just off the top of your head. And uh, the first one is, um, if you were not a musician, what do you think you'd be doing? Oof, I don't know. My brain just went to synchronize swimming. <laughs> but uh, it looks like fun. But, but uh, I've never actually, I, I don't know what I would do. I'm not really good at anything else. Um, so I'd have to get back to you on that or just go with synchronized swimmer. I mean, I think is the coolest answer we've ever had to this. So I will, oh, wow, okay. I, I will take well, that. It just popped into my brain. So, I, yeah. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Uh, the, the next question is, um, uh, you know, 
uh, obviously you are uh, currently out of the country you're in, you're in Israel, but if you were back home in LA and uh, mm -hmm. you know, we're at the end of the pandemic, everyone fast can go wherever they, they want. If you could go to the airport and go to anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh man. If I could go to the airport and go anywhere in the world. I've never been to Brazil. I've always wanted to go to Brazil. So I would go to Brazil. That's an excellent choice. Brazil is yeah. beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, that's, what I, that's what I hear. Yeah. Uh, third question is, um, obviously, we, we just sort of talked about the ideas of, of new uh, collaborations happening and, and opportunities because of the Oscars. But who, who is your dream collaborator, either director or singer or someone that you just are dying to work with if you could? Uh, that's a tough one. There's too many uh, to mention. Uh, I love the director, Derek Sion France. Um, and he always uses music. He always uses different composers and different unexpected, you know, makes unexpected choices musically and works with brilliant composers. And I love his work. So he'd be somebody I would love to work with. But uh, there's so many, you know, and musicians too. I can't, there's too many to uh, to single out. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's a good I question. It. It's, I get it. Um, usually that's a question for actors and directors and they, they yeah, already, yeah. they always know off the top of their head who they want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta um, get, I gotta get that together. I gotta no, no, that. no, no. It, it, I can see where it's more difficult for you guys. Uh, and then, uh, last but not least, um, you know, and, and this last sort of 13 months has been an excellent opportunity for this. What is the last series that you completely binged watched from beginning to end? Not just like one or two episodes that, you know, you sort of checked out on. Um, the last series, oh, I watched, um, Pen15 from beginning to end, and then I did it all again. I did it in a, I did two in a row. I like, I went back in and did it twice. I love oh, that show. That's yeah. awesome. That is an, that is a, uh, uh, amazing recommendation for anyone who, if you're listening, you should watch Pen15. Thanks so much to Emil for joining the podcast. If you've liked what you've heard, please, please, please take a minute and rate us on iTunes and leave a review. Also, you can follow us on Spotify. You can follow us on all of your favorite platforms that you listen to podcasts. Any support is always appreciated. Thanks so much.